Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Hope you're all having a nice week. If you're teachers or if you have kids in school and you are in the U.S. or Canada, you're maybe experiencing spring break. I know my good friend Katie is on spring break right now. She's a second grade teacher and she's back home in Augusta, Georgia. And about partway through the week, I get a call from her and she's like, this is really weird, but I ran into Sutton. I was like, Sutton? She's like, yeah, Sutton from Beverly Hills. She's back home in Augusta, Georgia. So I have Katie on the podcast for a quick 10-minute breakdown of what it was like to run into Sutton. She ended up going to Sutton's trunk show and being the only person there for a period of 15 minutes. (laughs) And it is um, just really, I don't know, interesting to hear. I never run into housewives, and I don't know many other people that do. So hope you guys enjoy hearing that fun story. Also going to share some of my thoughts on Dallas and Summer House before we get into the interview with Jacob Newmar. So as far as Dallas goes, I think I haven't really hid my feelings on it. I don't think this season has been that great. And a huge part of it is just there's not a lot of chemistry, I feel like, among the cast. The ensemble, it's very weird. You've got Brandy and Stephanie who are really close and then Carrie and and Cam. And I, I don't know. The whole thing just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And a huge part of it, I think, is that I thought Tiffany was an incredible addition to Dallas. And I felt like the other women had their guards up with her and didn't like her. And that really bothered me because I'm like, come on, look at how open you were with Carrie Brittingham, you know, and now you guys are all BFFs and you're having teary conversations. And why can't you extend that same, you know, openness to Tiffany? So they're still in Oklahoma. And Stephanie has them do this redneck relay, which looks kind of fun. So I love Tiffany. And I feel like she's trying so hard to go out of her comfort zone and fit in with these women. And she does something that Stephanie or Brandy definitely would have come up with, which is she picks up these fart bombs. At, I guess they stop at a gas station along the way to Oklahoma. And these are just things that um, you when you set them off, it makes an entire room smell like fart. And that is definitely Brandy and Stephanie's sense of humor. And so she sets them off in Brandy's room that Brandy is sharing with Carrie. And Carrie gets really upset. She says she hates the smell of farts. And to get back at her, she decides to put salsa in Cam and Tiffany's bed, which is just not the appropriate retaliation. Like if it was a different kind of a prank, sure, but it wasn't. It was salsa all over the mattress and the linens and everything. And so then Carrie ends up staying up all night cleaning and everyone's pissed at her. It's like she always takes things too far and she makes things not fun. And I find her annoying, not annoying in a way that is enjoyable to watch. Like 
I guess Hannah on Summer House, I feel as much as she annoys me, at least she's helping keep the stories move and, you know, is contributing to some of the drama. Like Carrie, there's nothing enjoyable about her. I did love seeing seeing Cameron mad, though, because seeing her authentically angry was really fun. Like she was it was late at night and she just like had had enough. She's like, I'm going to go get a hotel room. I'm so sick of this. And it was kind of annoying to see the next morning her be like, yeah, I guess I maybe I overreacted with Carrie. It's like, no, Carrie pushed things too far. In terms of some of the other storylines, Cam has this animal communicator come to her home (laughs) before they move. And it was just, I don't know, it's a cute scene, made me laugh. Um, We learn a little bit more about Deandra's family situation. And her stepmom sent her an email saying, basically, I want to rehash everything in the past that happened with you before you... um, open a relationship with my son, who is also your half-brother. And we find out that, you know, Deandra's dad, who committed suicide, had left two wills. One will, which all the inheritance went to Deandra, which is something that Mama D worked out with him. Basically, he didn't help pay to raise Deandra as long as he left his inheritance to her. And then there was another will once his um, new wife and uh, son came in the picture. But I think with that one, I, I don't know what it was, but I know Deandra was completely left out of it. So, of course, the in court, they end up splitting the inheritance to the two children. So Deandra gets half and her brother gets half and the stepmom gets none. So obviously the stepmom is pissed about this, but... I don't know. I mean, be pissed at your dead husband who didn't have his affairs in order and didn't like have a proper will or change of will. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not Deandra's fault that she exists. You know, I just, I don't know. The whole thing I just think is so weird. And I don't blame Deandra at all. If she was not given money, if money wasn't coming from her father to help raise her, if he did not pay child support and Mama D raised Deandra on her own and then remarried, then she's owed something. Just the way that Riley's dad in The Real Housewives of Atlanta owes Riley something. It doesn't matter that Candy ended up making a huge name for herself and being able to provide a wonderful life. There are two parents that create a child, not just one. And if one ends up having money, that doesn't discount the fact that the other parent should help raise that child. So I don't know. I don't know why I went on a tangent about that. It just the whole thing rubbed me the wrong way about the stepmom. And I do feel bad for Deandra in this situation. But would be interested to hear what others feel. As far as Tiffany goes, um, it was nice to see her mom come over and make dumplings, but there's just this awkward situation with the family. Like, she doesn't seem very at ease around her mom. Uh, The whole family doesn't necessarily seem comfortable on camera. And then it was her mom's birthday. They were making dumplings, and the mom was going to stay over and have dinner with them. And instead, she's like, no, I need to head home and make dinner for your father. And it's just like she's backing out. And it just sent Tiffany over the edge, who ended up fully breaking down and feeling, you know, like she's never making her mom proud and finally told her mom that, you know, like, you don't really give me a lot of affection or tell me how you feel about me. And the you know, mom was very kind and, you know, hugged her and said, oh, I am proud of you. And Tiffany says, you know, that's the first time you've ever said that out loud. And I think I don't relate to this personally, but 
you know, in other cultures, people have very different views about raising children. And, you know, my dad is from Russia. And when he grew up, his father never really hugged him or gave him a lot of affection because they thought that that made boys weak, that boys should be, I guess, only hugged by their mothers and only until a certain age. And then after that, it was just like, you made them weak. They never were supposed to cry. They were never supposed to show any emotion. And so, when my mom was pregnant and they found out that it was a boy, my dad was really upset. He actually thought, oh God, now I'm having a boy. Now I won't be able to like hug and kiss my child. My mom's like, we're not in Russia. No, none of those rules apply. You can hug and kiss your son as much as you want. And so my dad is like overly affectionate with us, always telling us how much he loves us and hugs us and kisses us and stuff. But he did mention as we were growing up, you know, this wasn't how it was for me. So that's why I kind of go overboard with you guys sometimes. So I feel like Tiffany is probably doing something similar, trying to sort of break that cycle and making sure that she chose, she has a good relationship with her kids and that she shows them a lot of affection. So don't know if anyone else has similar situations with this. I don't know. I'm sure even in the U.S. there are parents that don't show a lot of affection. I just know in this situation, it seems to be very sort of cultural. All right. Now heading over to my favorite summer house. I am so sad that the season finale is next week. I love Summer House. I love this season, especially. I feel like it's really hit its stride. If you have not watched Summer House, I highly encourage you at least watch this season. It's so good. So they have this Kentucky Derby party, which is so fun and made me laugh. But of course, We've got Des, who is Hannah's boyfriend, who's visiting, and Des and Hannah are just off on their own, having sex, making out, kind of not really engaging with the rest of the house. And what's kind of unusual about it is that we also have Robert, who's visiting Danielle, and Robert is getting along with everyone and getting to know other people in the house. Lindsay's boyfriend, Stravi, comes back, and he's engaging with everyone in the house. So it's like the only couple that's going off on their own are Des and Hannah. And it's just awkward. It's only a few days. Couldn't he have spent a little bit more time with the rest of the group? But, you know, I blame Hannah on that because she kind of let it happen that way. So when Des leaves, Hannah has a conversation with Luke and asks Luke, you know, what do you think about about Des, and of course she refers to Luke as her ex, which is just a whole other situation. And Luke says, you know, he's not really the kind of guy I would grab a beer with. And she's like, oh, you don't like him? And Luke says, well, he didn't really take time to get to know us. So Hannah, you know, with this new information that Luke has said, goes over to the girls and is bitching and is like, can you believe Luke said that Des didn't try to get to know anyone and he doesn't like Des? And all the her friends are like, hey, you know what? Like, that's kind of true. Des didn't really try and get to know us. And so Hannah just gets super defensive and is yelling and storms off. And even Paige says, you know, not everything has to be a big fight. And I, I'm really interested to see the reunion and to see, is it the whole house versus Hannah? Does she have any allies besides Sierra? And Hannah's whole reason and explanation behind why Des and Luke aren't friendly is that, well, Des doesn't want to be best friends with a guy that I have a history with. That's just weird. But 
Hannah is becoming best friends with Sierra, and Sierra has a history with Luke. The whole thing, I mean, just none of her judgment makes any sense, and nothing that she tries to explain, like none of her explanations hold water. And so, I don't know, I'm really interested to know how Sierra sees everything watching it back, if she feels like she was sort of duped by Hannah, or if she's going to be loyal to Hannah, or is she going to try to get to know some of the other members of the cast? I mean, we'll see. The last thing I'll say is that Danielle is such a good friend. You know, she is really honest with Lindsay. She's like, I support you, but I don't think that Stravi is the guy for you. And, you know, just see how it goes. And I don't know, it's really hard to say something like that, something honest to a friend, but she does it in such a kind way. And she's coming from a place of love. So you can tell that Lindsay isn't going to get mad at her. And also, I love Lindsay Hubbard. I did not love her the last however many seasons. I don't know why. It just she didn't click with me. I didn't enjoy some of her personality but I adore her now. She lives her life out loud. She's very open and vulnerable and shares every part of herself and every part of her emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know what? That's what we need on reality TV. All right. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder, if you like the podcast, go subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and leave a nice recommendation. You can also follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. And without any further ado, we're going to get into my chat with Katie about her run-in with Sutton, and then we'll hear from Jacob Newmar, who hosts the podcast Odd Black Individual. Hope you all have a nice week. Hi, everyone. So I am on the phone right now with my friend Katie Riddle, who is on the ground reporting live from Augusta, Georgia, where she ran into the one, the only, the diamond holder, Sutton Strack. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, everyone. I'm doing well. So how did you run into Sutton? Like, how did this happen? So we were driving, like, usually after dinner, we'll like drive around which is the nice part of Augusta, which is called the Hills. But we were just driving around and we saw a sign that said Sutton and had a police <laughs> escort. And, and it, when I looked over, we saw like a bunch of clothes and like a tent outside and we stopped at the light and you could see through like the driveway and you could see her. Right. So if you look on her Instagram, she's wearing that blue dress like that. I saw her wearing like at that moment. Wait, was she outside on the driveway or was she in her house and you could see through the house outside? Like there's like a big front yard. And so like the tent is in the front of the yard. It's like a private residence. And so like you could see through the driveway to like she's like posing for pictures with people. And so I like instantly go on Instagram and I'm like, what's going on? You know, like what's going on in Augusta? Not much. I always thought. But (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, like I haven't lived there for a long time. So basically I like get on Instagram and I start looking and like, so there's this museum that I follow and somehow I found it. The event was um, first I found it on, it's called Morris museum, which is like this great 
museum, art museum in Augusta. And they were posted um, like an invitation to Sutton's trunk show in Augusta. And it had like the address on it and it was like all, you know, and so I kind and it said private residence. And I was like, kind of like, Oh, maybe this isn't for people, but it was, so I saw it on Monday. Right. And so I was like, Oh, the event happened already. But then it said the trunk show, the flyer said Tuesday, and I was like, well, I need to go by. So, of course, I text Mandy. I'm like, girl, I think I might be I might be going to this trunk show because I know the address. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to like show up and just see if I can get in. And so, like, of course, like there's no parking over there because it's like a very busy street in Augusta, like Walton Way. And so I was like, OK, dad, um, he's like working. Right. My dad works during the day, like virtually. <laughs> and I make him take off. And to drive me to this house and be like, because there's going to be a line, like, I don't know how I'm going to park. Like, you're just going to have to drop me off and come pick me back up later. <laughs> and so we get there and there's like, they have a parking sign. It's like parking on the parallel street. And so then I get out and I like run across the street and I get there and there's like this photographer like standing and he's like walking across the street. And I'm like, this is going to be like the thing. And I'm like, wait, anticipating for a huge line. Right. And I get there and there's no line. So I walk. And so basically I'm like, maybe this is private. So I like walk down this person's driveway. Like it's like a curved driveway. It has like two entrances. Do you know? So like I go in. Um, no, I don't know whose house it was. <laughs> okay. But so we, I walk into the curved like driveway and I'm standing there and there's like a tent and like, there's a bartender and I like, kind of like walk up. Cause I'm like, is this like a closed event? Because on the flyer, it made it seem like it could have been private or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just go. And I was like, hi, like, I'm, you know, I'm just wondering, like, what's going I don't want to get arrested. So, like, I'm just like, uh, is this like, are all people of the community welcome? And like, oh, yeah, 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 come on in. And I was like, oh, like, I'm so excited to be here. Like, I'm from D.C. I just happened to be home for spring break. And he's like, oh, Sutton's here. And so, okay, let, let me set the stage for you. It's this huge house, right? And it's like very, it's like what you would see in the show Southern Charm. And then the front yard is covered with like a white tent and there are all her clothes and there's like little tables with beautiful flowers with jewelry and like little things. And then like little changing rooms, couches, they got a bar going on. It was just like really beautiful, like a cute pop-up little shop outside. And Sutton gets out of her chair and like comes and talks to me and and Mandy will tell you like I don't talk to celebrities like I'm not interested in talking to them (laughs) because they don't know me (laughs) they don't know me like I know a lot about them but like they're still a stranger to me you know what I mean and so like I don't really talk to them and so I wasn't expecting to have like a 10-15 minute conversation with her and so um (laughs) and it was I was like tongue tied because I like didn't know what to say. So basically I was like, first and foremost, like a reason why I wanted to go was a, my friend Mandy's like, like this is a lifetime opportunity. You got to go. <laughs> and the second thing is like, I'm interested to see her clothes. Like what's this, couture, you know, line that she sells. <laughs> and I knew walking in, I'm not going to be able to buy anything. Cause like everything was like so expensive. Right. Like my poor teacher budget is not going to let me buy a $2,000 dress. So I know I'm going in, 
to buy nothing. Like I'm just going in to check it out. So I'm the only person there, right? So what? everyone else Wait, works she is says there. The trunk show in Augusta, and you are the yeah. only person there for a period of like 15 minutes. Well, in Augusta, at when I went like at 12, it was it's hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the trunk show was from 11 to 6. So I'm assuming people oh. are working and just come after, right? Because like people have jobs. Like it was a mid Tuesday. And after the Masters, like the, everybody's back to work, paying off that vacation they just had. So I know like people are going to come. Like I knew this was a thing, but I did not expect to be the only one. So then I was the, I was like totally like followed around. <laughs> and like, of course, you have to like fake look through the clothes, right? Because I, I can't buy anything. You're like, oh, this is so pretty. And, you know, like, I yeah. don't know what else to do because they're like watching me. I wasn't expecting that. And so then I'm just like, beautiful. Like, you know, like, you know, like when you really go to a store and you're like, you know, you're going to go straight to the clearance aisle, but you got to look at maybe one or two items to make it fake them out and then go straight to the clearance. You know, that's totally. basically, yeah. But like, basically, my job is to, do that, like fake it and then leave. Right. So, so we just chatted and I, the big thing I wanted to say to her was like, I'm really excited that, you know, you're from Augusta and that you are raising money for this museum that we all love, like 10% of proceeds or us going to this Morris museum, but also like, you're like making fun things happening in Augusta. Like, I'm really glad that you brought something back and, you know, special for Augusta because, you know, I'm originally from Augusta and it's our hometown and it's really exciting that you came back and did this. And I was like, I was so excited to be here. And so, and the only thing that I knew, right. The only thing I knew currently about her was that she's now an official housewife, right. She got her diamond. And so I was like, congrats on, you know, becoming a full-time, you know, housewife. I'm so excited. She's like, uh, really <laughs> like like that and then i was like yeah i was like and she's like oh that well there's you know it's going to be an exciting season and like um of course this is where made okay so i buy i end up buying something you and do so yeah but i can't tell you because it's your birthday gift oh my god so okay so i go <laughs> and so i buy something and I, ha- I get to go into the house right oh my god katie i love um, you and so Okay. So it's like beautiful inside. And it was, and like, you know, I'm just like talking, you know, I don't know what else to do. Like I'm, they keep asking me questions and like, I just like, just be natural. Right. Who are you you with? So So like all the staff members. So like people that are working for her that live in LA that came for this event. Okay. They're like, oh, it's so great. You're from DC. One guy was like, oh, I used to live at 14th and mass. I was like, yeah, I know where that's at. And so I go in and it's like beautiful inside. And I was like, this was a treat to go inside the house too. And so, you know, I pay and leave. And as I'm walking out the door and like to get back on the driveway to go out, like sudden yells out, like I yells, okay, across, like she's sitting down underneath the tent. I'm way in the front of the building. She's like, would you like a selfie? Like yells it like that. And I'm. (laughs) And you know me, like, I don't really want a you picture don't do with selfies. Like, I, I don't do that kind of stuff. Like, I'm just interested just to check things out and see things, but I'm not interested, like, interacting with them. And, and I go, no, thank you. <laughs> and I realized, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I was like, but good luck, like, safe travels back, best adventures. Like, I, I, like, didn't know what else to say. Like, because I wasn't trying to be rude. It's just like, no, I don't need a picture. Like, I don't need a picture of me and you <laughs> hanging on the wall in my apartment. 
You know what I mean? Like, and then of course I call Mandy and I tell her the whole thing. And she's like, I can't believe you didn't get a picture. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, but I don't really need one, but it was really nice. And I like, of course she was super friendly and very welcoming. And like I told Mandy, like, I, I think she's more like, she's so pretty. Like I didn't get that like from the show, like just because maybe she's like sitting around other people, but like, I thought she was like stunning. Like she looked fabulous and, you know, she was super inviting and welcoming and it was just really nice to talk with her, honestly, like, you know, and talking about the azaleas, which is a plant that's grown in Augusta. Like that's a great time to be in Augusta's right now. And the masters had just ended. And she said she went to the masters and that she Uh had a boot on. So I don't know why she had a boot on. But she said she was lucky she didn't have to wear a boot for that day. But, yeah, it was really fun. And then, of course, I go back out in the car and my dad's, like, working on his iPad. Um, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, your own I'm personal done. chauffeur. I, I know. And I was like, five stars, Dad. You know, you're Uber rating. <laughs> but, like, I mean, it was it was it was just fun. Like, it's something so random that, like, I didn't expect to do in Augusta, like, to see a housewife. Because it's a small town. It's not like, you know, it's, I mean, not that small, but it's, you know, it's up and coming. So it was really exciting to see her. Wow. I wish there was a housewife from Plymouth, Minnesota that I could run into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was it. The highlights in Augusta. But I'm heading to Charleston this weekend. So hopefully I see another uh, Bravo yeah. celeb. Let us know if you see Leva I or will. Craig or Austin or Madison. <laughs> well, we always drive by P- Patricia's house, but I've never seen her. But we, you know, one day we might. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I mean, this just might, might be the weekend. This might be the weekend. I'll have to call you back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for for You're your welcome. boots on the ground, for your service, and for sharing what Sutton has been up to this week. <laughs> yes. Bye. Talk to you soon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am here with Jacob Newmar, formerly known as Obi, who has the podcast Odd Black Individual. He is so funny, has so many thoughts, and offers his black queer perspective on many things, including Bravo. How are you doing, Jacob? I am great. Um, I'm in the middle of a work day, so I'm a little bit tired, but overall, I am very good. Do you find that talking about bravo and pop culture like gives you energy to get through the rest of the day or does it sometimes exhaust you oh it totally gives me energy pop culture is like brain candy for me so it it peps me right up 
Yeah, I feel the same way. And it's I love when there's intersections between my work and pop culture. Um, like, <laughs> I got a notification at my job. Oh, just so you know, on May 8th, there's going to be this concert on TV about vaccines. And they're going to feature this, you know, partnership called COVAX, which I do work around, um, which is trying to get access to COVID-19 vaccines around the world. And then a few minutes oh, wow. later, someone messaged me being like, Selena Gomez uh, just like put on Instagram about this concert. Have you heard about it? And I was like, actually, <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, anyway, wanted to get your thoughts on so many different topics. Um, but let's start with something that really made a big splash of news this week. And that is that Colton Underwood, the bat, the former bachelor came out as gay. And uh, there's definitely a lot of crossover with the Bravo universe being that Carol Radswell couldn't stop talking about it and giving what I view as extremely problematic, unhelpful takes that no one asked for. Oh, Radzi. Radzi. <laughs> what are your like thoughts on all of that? Were you ever a Carol fan? I was a Carol fan. I actually really enjoyed her on Roni. Even um, her tougher seasons, like season nine and ten, where things got a little... Uh, what's the word? Um, Carol was at her most pretentious, I think. Yeah. But even through all of that, I was still team Carol, especially when she and Bethany were butting heads. Me too. I feel like there are not that many of us and then that are willing to still say it, except for when, you know, in the last few months, year, kind of Bethany has been unearthed as a lot more obnoxious than I think a lot of people realized. And then they're right. like, oh, maybe we were, we should have been Team Carol. But the truth is, they're both insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, yes, they are. <laughs> but made fantastic TV, I would watch them in a heartbeat on TV again. But as human beings, like, I don't know if I need to hear their opinions on everything. Right. Like, I don't need their real world opinions. Right. You know, I like them as characters on TV, but it doesn't need to go any further than that, <laughs> in my opinion. So, Jacob, as someone who watches Bravo, who also watches The Bachelor, um, I'm one of those people, too. You know, we talked before we started recording. I started with The Bachelor. Like, that was my kind of first reality TV thing. And then I definitely got more into Bravo over time, but I never got rid of The Bachelor. And I feel like there's so few of us that really watch both. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of The Bachelor. Um, I, I'm the opposite from how you started. I started with Bravo and then eventually cottoned on to The, uh, to the Bachelor. But you're right. Th th those worlds don't really intersect a whole lot. And it's so interesting because this week, Rachel Lindsay and Becca Kufrin, their podcast, Bachelor Happy Hour, featured Danny Pellegrino. And they do talk about a bit of how these worlds are so separate and how they've tried to wade into each. And Danny just like really couldn't get into The Bachelor. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a great podcast. 
um, but wanted to get your thoughts on Colton coming out and everything that surrounds that and different people's takes on it and how you think kind of bachelor executives feel about it. Well, I'm always happy for anyone who, you know, comes out and is is honest about themselves and their sexual orientation. As you mentioned, I'm, I'm a queer person. Um, I consider myself a queer bisexual. Um, and I, I've, I've been out for a long time, but coming out is not easy. Um, so I'm, I'm glad he finally found the conviction to do it. Um, as far as Bachelor executives go, <laughs> The Bachelor is a very conservative franchise, uh, both in uh, general fan base and, you know, the people behind the camera in the in the boardroom at ABC and Disney. So I'm sure they're not exactly psyched about it, but um, I also think that they're going to find a way to um, sort of spin it to their advantage. They'll They'll find a way to use it. I think so, too. But I'm wondering, will they ever find a way to use it to the point where they would actually have a gay or a bi bachelor bachelorette season? Uh, maybe give it give it like a decade and maybe we'll, <laughs> decade. we'll oh see my it. Goodness. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for it, but I certainly wasn't ready for Radzi's take. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't follow Carol Radziwill on Twitter, maybe I should pull it up. Yeah, because I'm still having trouble processing it, to be honest. I don't, I don't know exactly what she was trying to say. She said, okay, congrats to Colton Underwood, but also what question mark question mark you apply and compete with other men to go on a TV show looking for love and you think you might be gay. What about processing that without involving TV crews and 25 girls? It's a great day for gay men, bad day for young women. Like, what does this have to do with young women? Yeah, she she makes it sound <laughs> like his like, homosexuality is somehow an attack on young women. <laughs> and that that's quite a leap. It's so and she just keeps like doubling down and doubling down and doubling down and how producers should do better screening. It's like what are they supposed to screen for? Repressed homosexuality? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if if he's not even sure himself, I don't I don't know how other people are going to know. Oh, man, Radzi, between her takes on this and Bethany Frankel's takes on Meghan Markle, I could do without either of them commenting for a little while. Yeah, I I think the world deserves a break from their commentary. (laughs) Okay, wanted to get into the other really big splash that happened this week, which is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was riveting. I really liked it. I did too. I also found it riveting. Um, I I hope that the season can live up to the trailer. The only fault I have with it is that there wasn't enough Dorit. (laughs) True. Now that I, now that you mention it. Yeah. I want to see some PK. I want to see maybe Dorit's kids in there. I want to see Mauricio and PK hanging out together. So maybe they're giving Dorit a soft edit this season after a couple seasons of uh, 
slightly rough treatment, at least as far as um, she and PK in the media go. But I feel like everyone decided they loved her last season. So who knows? Who knows how things are going to go? So there's two new housewives. We've got Crystal Minkoff and Sutton Strack. Sutton is back. I'm so excited. I am too. I'm I'm excited for Sutton because I know that she really wanted to be full time. Yeah, she is great. I actually have a friend that is in Augusta this week, and ah. that's that's where she's from, and ran into Sutton. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Really? And then ended up that going to this like pop up shop or something of Sutton was selling things, and they had a whole conversation. So. She said Sutton looks a lot younger than she does in real life than she does on TV. I see. I gotcha. Which I think is impressive. Definitely. So let's let's just walk through the trailer. I don't haven't been doing that many recaps lately, but I feel like there's enough stuff in this trailer. I just want to kind of feel feel it out with you. So it Alrighty. starts with this like two truths and a lie game, right? And it's Doreen's <laughs> explaining it. And, you know, it's like, here we go. And Erica says, I did not see it ending this way. I was going to hold that man's hand until he died. Speaking about Tom Girardi, her husband. And at this point, they filed for divorce. I mean, and then it goes into Garcelle and asking Erica, it looks like they're on a hike somewhere if she had a heads up about any of the lawsuits and she says, no, I did not. Do you think Erica's telling the truth or is she telling a lie? Um, I think that's definitely the lie. (laughs) (laughs) We saw the documents that she signed her name to. So she had some kind of heads up. She knew that they were in trouble. Yeah. I don't remember what she signed. Can you remind me? Um, I think it had something to do with, um, the, I don't know if I'm using the right term, but the lien on their house in Pasadena. So you have to know if you're signing some sort of financial document, she's not dumb, right? And she's not played being dumb on the show, right? She's come off quite smart. And so to have her be like, I didn't know when she signed documents that make it seem like they don't have as much money as they do. Yeah. I mean, in the words of Bethany, who we mentioned earlier, you can't play dumb and smart at the same time, Erica. Yeah. And in the words of Kathy Hilton, at the end of this, she says, life is a poker game and everyone's got to show their cards. (laughs) (laughs) god how excited are you for kathy hilton to be a friend of i'm excited to finally have kathy on camera instead of cam and kyle talking around kathy like they used to you know yeah we get a glimpse into kathy's home in the trailer you know it's a 53 million dollar house sutton says she's never felt so poor as hanging out with kathy hilton (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) And Kathy and Kyle are sitting down and Kyle says she's trying to reach Kim. And Kathy says, well, Kim changed her number. And that was shocking. So Kim changed her phone number without telling Kyle. 
older sister. <laughs> Here we go again. I need <laughs> Back on all, the roller coaster. I need all three of them to be on the show together at the same time. Wasn't that the original intention of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to get the three of them on camera? Oh, I mean, that would be amazing. Is there a reason Kathy didn't do it to begin with? Um, I, I know that she had been on a reality show with her daughter, Paris. Mm-hmm. Paris Hilton, ever heard of her? <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, she didn't enjoy the process. So she, I, I guess that she didn't want to, you know, sign on the dotted line for RHOBH. And I hear, you know, that the contract is supposed to be just very intense, you know, many, many, Mm -hmm. many, many pages. And everyone, you know, takes a lot of time to sign. There's a lot of clauses. You're really giving them a lot of permission. Although, I don't know who told me, but it came out recently that Erica said in an interview that she signed the contract so quickly that Bravo said, no, you actually need to take more time with this. Oh, really? Yeah. She asked Tom, her husband, who's an attorney, and was like, you know, okay, here's here it is. And he, and she, he said, just sign it. And Bravo was like, no, you need like someone to look through it. You need to Sound know what you're signing. Sound legal advice from Tom Girardi, huh? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe that was the first clue. Things weren't as they seemed. <laughs> Should have been, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is really going to be the main kind of issue discussed throughout the entire season, which I'm I'm glad for because at least they're talking mm-hmm. about something that's real yeah. and that's happening rather than dodging things that are happening. Um, right. But I mean, it seems like Erica brings it up pretty freely because they're somewhere at some shop and Kyle's trying on a $1.2 million necklace. And she said, okay, who wants to kick in a little to buy this for me? And Erica said, you need to kick in for my legal fund, you bitch. <laughs> the laugh. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at how um, open about it Erica was being. But maybe I shouldn't be because the show is now her only bread and butter. Right. But she's open and then she's not. It's only with the people that she feels like she trusts. And mm-hmm. when it comes to people asking her actual questions that appears Sutton is going to be doing, she does not like it at all. So then we see we get introduced to Crystal Minkoff. Um, you know, do you know much about her? I didn't know anything about her before she was announced um, for the show. I'm I'm a stranger to Crystal. (laughs) Me too. I mean, she's beautiful. And she's much younger, I think, than the other women. So that'll be interesting. I I don't always like a younger housewife, but um, she seems like she's really going to stir things up. So I'm going to, I'm sure I'll warm to her. And she has, you know, the big moment in, in the trailer where she tells Sutton, you're an inappropriate, awkward person because you're jealous. To which Sutton responds, like, F you, and then says, <laughs> jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants? <laughs> which is just, like, the most iconic line. And then cut to her in those leather pants. <laughs> I, I mean, know. wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfect. I yeah. think that this season, I'm a little nervous that everyone's going to rally behind Erica and only bring up things that Erica's comfortable with when she's comfortable with it and not really push. And I feel like Sutton is going to be like us viewers 
and being like, okay, so what about what you signed? So what about what he said? You know, mm-hmm. have, you know, what about the orphans and the widows and your $40,000 a month glam squad? And I think everyone's going to really like Sutton and not very much like Erica. I agree. I think we can probably count on Kyle and Lisa Renna having Erica's back. Um, but I think the the other newer ladies are definitely going to challenge her more. I hope they all challenge her a bit. I mean, she deserves some level of challenge just for the purpose of reality TV. I get as friends that they want to be there for her, but we got to right. make a TV show, ladies. Yeah, exactly. You know, Rinna didn't seem to be that all over the place in the trailer either. But of course, she's got her daughter, Amelia, who's dating Scott. What's his last name? Disick? Uh, Disick, yeah. From Keeping Disick Up with Kardashian. the Kardashians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She has to love it in some level. This is what she was trying to make happen for her daughters. Yeah, this is true. That and their their modeling careers. And now they're both dating older reality TV stars. So they're they're Wait, kind they of Jenner-esque at this point. Yeah, uh, Delilah is dating a British reality TV star who was on um, UK Love Island. I what? think. I'm pretty sure it was Love Island. <laughs> oh my God. Rinna, like she's created monsters. Oh, truly. Yes. And that was the intention. <laughs> I know. I just, it's something feels almost predatory, though, about Scott and the young women that he dates, because he always dates them when they turn 18. And I feel like right. that, to me, that's a red flag. Like, did you start talking to them when they were 17? What about an 18-year-old girl do you find attractive as a man, as a father of three children? Like, what right. interests you about that? Oh. Yeah, speaking as a man who dates women, it's it's not a great look, you know? It's it's not th- those questions that you were just asking, I I'm asking the same thing in my head. How long have you been talking to these very young women? <laughs> I don't know. It definitely creeps me out. And I feel like they're all joking, like, oh, he's too old for her. But they're not talking about how it's like creepy and predatory in some way. It feels like it. Yeah, they wouldn't dare because um, they don't want to talk about anything. Yeah. And they don't want to piss off Chris, I'm sure. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that Kardashian empire, you do not want to mess with them. It's... It's crazy, honestly. It is. And I don't even watch that show, but like, why do they call it Keeping Up with the Kardashians if only three of the people in the show have the last name Kardashian? I know. It's it's crazy. Um, I, I've, <laughs> I've only been wondering seen maybe this. A, it's, it's been on 15 years, and I've only seen a handful of episodes, um, and nothing really seems to happen. Um, so I'm not sure how it's been a al- been around for so long, but um, yeah, uh, I, I guess it used to be more of a family show back when Caitlyn was Bruce and uh, the the Jenner children were younger and everything, um, and it was based around Kim Kardashian. So I, I guess Kardashian had to go in the title. 
Well, I think, you that know, was a selling point. I could see why people watch it, especially why people started. It's just the last few seasons, it just appears like from what I've seen kind of as an outsider, that everything mm-hmm. is staged and set up just to keep making them money at this massive empire. And you yeah. don't really see, you see whatever they want you to see of their real life. And that doesn't seem as, like I don't want the people that I'm watching on TV to be the ones executive producing it. Yeah, I we always have issues when housewives try to do that. Um, but it, it it is working for the Kardashians, or it was. Um, I know that they're in their final season now, um, or something. But uh, yeah, but I also think that their fan base is actually really young people who mm-hmm. maybe are not looking to see uh, the things that we look for in reality TV shows like the housewives they're not really looking for content they're just watching the watch they're they're watching for the glamour but i also think so many people have been watching for like 15 years and they're like oh Mm -hmm. you know just like people who've been watching Grey's anatomy they're like i'm not gonna stop now like (laughs) they just keep going with it so there has to be people that are much older too yeah, somewhere in there. But maybe those people are, are hooked on it now, you know? Maybe. Um, maybe it goes down easy and they just keep swallowing it. <laughs> um, okay, back to Beverly Hills. I'm doing a terrible job actually recapping the trailer, which is only like two and a half minutes. <laughs> well, I'm but... having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jacob. So we've got Crystal versus Sutton again on some sort of topic of race. And we don't really hear Mm -hmm. what anything is said to prompt this. But Crystal says to Sutton, are you saying you don't see color? Which, you know, I'm definitely interested in, in seeing this play out, especially after what Sutton had said last season about the kitchen, her kitchen, the hair in the back of her neck. And, that, right. you know, the, I know a lot of black women heard that and it just didn't sit right with them. And so mm-hmm. it would be interesting to kind of, I don't know, see how Sutton is able to navigate conversations on race. You know? Yeah, I'm dying to see what led up to that conversation. Um, I, I hope it wasn't anything too egregious you know because i like sutton and i'd like to continue liking sutton um and i'm I'm kind of hoping that crystal was just you know poking poking at her yeah i kind of think i mean sutton and garcelle seem to be very close too not that that doesn't make sutton problematic she could be problematic and garcelle could still like her right Mm -hmm. but um I think if she was like incredibly problematic and made everyone feel uncomfortable then you know, Garcelle wouldn't be down with that. Right. Um, and then we see this just like horrible, what I think is just like so mean situation between Erica and Sutton. I mean, they had to make, give Sutton a diamond. She's doing all the work, you know, besides Indeed, yeah. Erica, you know, she said, Erica said something like, don't talk to me like that. And then, oh, no, no. Sutton says to Erica, don't talk to me like that. And Erica says, or what? And just in such a cold, horrible, mean way. And, you know, let the mouse go. (laughs) (laughs) Had your fun. Let the mouse go. So Sutton just meekly was like, or nothing. (laughs) 
Erica responds, exactly. So shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh my goodness. This woman. I don't know. I'm wondering what had her so defensive at that dinner. I can't wait to see. I mean, maybe just the obvious. Like, hey, this isn't really about you being wronged right now. Yes, I'm sure you were wronged throughout your marriage. But I'm sure mm-hmm. you were okay with being wronged on some level because your lifestyle was paid for, right? And now yeah. that your lifestyle is not being paid for, now you have trouble with things. Now you're not okay with it. And you're making it all about you instead of about the people whose money was taken from them. Yes, the the widows and orphans, uh, and that's as just one of said. them. I mean, you've got... You've got uh, burn victims, you know, plane crash, family victims. I mean, it just keeps going and going. Yes, people who have suffered much more than Erica. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll have to see. What are you most excited for with Beverly Hills, though? Hmm. Um. I'm actually really excited to see how Sutton does um, her first season as a full-time housewife. I want her to be a success um, because I think that she's a a real shot in the arm to the franchise. Me too. And she's the right age. Yes. I know that sounds terrible, but I just like don't want really young women, you know, Mm -hmm. even like 35, 36 feels kind of young. And there can be great housewives that are that, but I'd prefer to start them off like in their 40s at the youngest. Yeah, 40-ish is a a real sweet spot, I think, for housewives because, you know, you're sort of out of the mommy phase of life if you have children, but you're not quite in that... um, that sort of uh, rarefied Lisa Vanderpump air of being a, a, a maven or something, you know? But I love being older, like a, a maven. I love, like, I think all my favorite housewives are in their 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I would say Karen Huger is my top favorite. Uh, you know, I love a Ramona and a Sonia and a Luann. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of, I love Rinna. You know, she's not 40. So I, right. I don't know. I just enjoy an older housewife. Yeah, I I think the, the older you are and the more life experience you have, the more content you have to provide something like a reality TV show. So exactly. I totally get it. And Deandra, she's another one I like. So that's sort of where I'm at. Okay. Let's head down south to Atlanta. So I feel like you've oh been touching in and out of Atlanta this season. Tell me where you're at. <laughs> Currently, I'm mostly out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have two and three quarters feet out of Atlanta at the moment. Why? Um, there's something missing. I almost feel like they shouldn't have even bothered filming this season because... COVID has really done a number on it, I feel, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, in a way that it hasn't affected really even OC. I feel like last season of OC was better than this season of Atlanta. I feel like they had more to contribute. Interesting. I actually thought the last season of the OC in terms of actual content was Mm -hmm. pretty good. It's just, I, I don't know, it just didn't feel... 
they're just not that many likable people on the show. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Even even the people I don't like, on, or the people, even the sort of like villains or the monsters on the other franchises have likable qualities. And I don't know. It was it was it was tough. But the but there was definitely a lot of content. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, so I felt like the first half of the season was pretty sleepy and pretty slow, but then it really picked up when they went to South Carolina. Did you t- oh, yes. tap in for that? <laughs> I did. I had to watch the infamous Bolo episode or episodes <laughs> as it were, because everyone was talking about it. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a housewife episode like that. It was very, uh, risque <laughs> <laughs> i was like looking around even though i was watching by myself i was like "Ooh, is anyone yeah, watching the me watch really this? let loose uh in a way that i i honestly did not expect <laughs> i loved it and i as much as i don't appreciate that kenya is trying to shame portia after everything i mm-hmm. do understand why she brought it up i mean it happened and it happened while they're filming, even if the cameras weren't on for that. And so I get it. But I'm wondering, what do you think? At what point should people drop something? <laughs> I think as soon as Kenya realized that Portia wasn't going to play along and she wasn't giving anything up, she should have dropped it. Um, I haven't watched a full episode other than... Uh, like last Sundays, so that, you know, we could talk about this. Um, But in the clips that I've seen, Kenya is really hammering Portia about it, and Portia's just not... She's playing dead, basically, you know? And it's not entertaining. And personally, I'm really sick of seeing Portia and Kenya fight. It's it's They've been on, what is it now, like eight or nine seasons? And for most of them, they've been fighting. I and I I liked it when they were friends. I don't personally like Portia, but I enjoyed seeing her and Kenya get along as new mothers and women in new, relatively new relationships and and all of that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not into it. <laughs> so there was this article that came out yesterday uh, on Vulture.com called "The Soul of Bravo." And the subhead was a year of national reckonings on race and inequality has tested how real the housewife should be by Anna Peel. Now, there was Mm. a lot in this article, but the thing, one of the interesting takeaways around Atlanta is that it, tell me if you've heard all about this, but it sounds like Candy Burris, when everything was kind of first starting with uh, the BLM movement response and Bravo after mm-hmm. the firings of the Vanderpump Rules kids and stuff like that. And uh, Candy had a conversation with some Bravo executives about what change she would like to see in order to feel comfortable filming and to want to be part of the Bravo family. And she had sort of like a list of demands, kind of. But it's it sound, that sounds obnoxious, like a list of demands. But she had some things that she wanted. And one of them was, you know, a special on Bravo to talk about race in America and, th- and things like that. It sounds like 
after she sent this letter, she um, shared it with some of the castmates, including Portia. And it sounds like Portia got pissed that she sent this letter coming just from her rather than from her and Portia or her, Portia, and other folks on the cast. And they actually had this sort of um, fight more about, like, who whose issue, who was really fighting for Black Lives Matter. And it sounds like Portia was kind of like, hey, this is my thing. Like, this is my storyline. This is, like, my calling. And Candy's like, I just sent a letter. Like, this is how I was feeling. And I brought you guys in afterwards, like, so we can actually make it happen. And now you're upset. And so it sounds like Candy confronted Portia on camera, but that whole thing was cut. And I oh. would have been way more interested in seeing that play out than all of the other crap with like Cynthia's wedding or whatever other sleepy uh, storylines yeah. are happening. Right. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds like they sacrificed that storyline for the sake of Portia because they yep. have so much invested in her. Um, it it would have, it would have made Portia look pretty bad. Um, and that's why, as I said, I don't like Portia because I think Portia is actually very vindictive, uh, and, and a real backstabber. And I feel like a lot of people don't see that because she's so bubbly and beautiful and, you know, all that stuff. But to me, that sounds like the real Portia. What other examples do you have of her being like backbiting and a... Well, um, I almost hate to bring it up, but season nine, when she accused Candy of um, trying to drug her and take Mm -hmm. advantage of her. Yeah. And I know that she pawned that whole thing off on Phaedra and said that Phaedra is the one who told her and she just had no choice but to believe her friend. But (laughs) what adult would actually do that without having real proof unless they really want it to hurt the other person. Right. Especially someone like Candy, who I feel like doesn't ever try and hurt anyone is one of the few people on the show that actually doesn't go into it with the goal of creating conflict. Right. And she could, you know, she definitely could, but she, she's chosen not to. So yeah, that that really put um, Portia in the naughty column for me. Yeah. You and know, she hasn't gotten out of it. You're not the first person to say this. The last um, few times I've talked to a few people in the last few weeks, they've said, you know, Portia's not exactly how she appears. And she's not 100% perfect. It doesn't mean you shouldn't like Portia. It's just mm-hmm. she's not this, like, she's not, you know the Portia Luther King that everyone says she's Portia Luther (laughs) King with like as a reality star. She's not just this angel. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I just would have loved to see her and Candy duke it out because I think that would have been fascinating. It really would have been it. And it would have given this season what it needed. I know. Um, And maybe, maybe we would have gotten less of Drew and Latoya, which I would have liked. Okay, so tell me your take on Drew and Latoya. I like Latoya. Um, I, um, I, I like a pot stirrer. Maybe not personally, but for shows like this, I like someone who's not afraid to, you know, really get down and dirty with people. 
Um, I liked her until that argument that she had with um, what is her name? The the other friend of the really young Fallon. girl. Fallon, yes. Until she had that argument with Fallon and it came out that Latoya had used some um, racially insensitive uh, words um, against Fallon. I was into Latoya. Now, I don't like her because of that. Um, and as far as Drew goes, I feel like Drew is really thirsty to fit in with the group. Um, and she's kind of throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it, trying to be whatever it is that she feels she needs to be to stay on the show. So Drew definitely appears to be thirsty, but she also seems to have a connection with the women. And I'm always looking for people who have actual connections, like who may hang out outside of filming, you know? But does she? Um, I'm not even sure what her connection to the group is. I guess because she was brought in to be a housewife, but I know that she has a lot of, I don't know, similar interests with candy and being in movies and uh, dancing and, and that kind of a thing. Like she's actually from show business. She's had a oh, career okay, yeah. thus far. And I feel like on the show, I'm seeing her really connect with Portia, really connect with Candy. Um, she seems to really like Cynthia. Cynthia wanted her to sing at her wedding. And I don't think that was just like for the show. So I don't know. I feel like she's really connecting with the women aside from Kenya. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm missing missing that much because I'm not really invested. But yeah, I mean, I just I see a lot of acting going on with Drew. I know she's a professional actress. So maybe that comes with the territory. But it, it's almost um, beyond Lisa Renna levels of of dramatics you know well i had trouble following the whole prophet baby blessing situation oh the prophet (laughs) (laughs) so as a jewish woman i'm not as familiar with what a baby blessing is is that just sort of a made-up term when you've it's like well past the point of doing a what is it called where you put them in the water oh uh baptism or a baptism. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm not even sure myself, but <laughs> I, I like, thought what? it was a, some new age term for a baptism or, or a christening. Yeah. So you haven't heard of the term baby blessing either? Not at all. No. Okay. Anyone <laughs> listening? Have you ever been to a baby blessing that was called a baby blessing? Please hit me up in the DMs. I want to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a, a Southern thing because I hadn't heard oh. of a, a sip and see before Phaedra. Yeah, you yeah. know, I've only heard of a sip and see in recent years. And mm-hmm. I live, you know, on the border of the South in DC, where like, right. you know, a couple hours south in Virginia is the South. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you go a couple hours north, it is the North. So yeah, the sip and see thing is super weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it Me seems, too, to be honest. <laughs> it seems kind of nice, though. It's like once the baby's actually born, they're healthy, and then it's like, okay, come see the baby and have some drinks. You know, that's that seems yeah. nice. Um, sure. So this ble- baby blessing, I guess, was canceled because 
<laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> Drew has someone that she looks up to from Texas named the Prophet that's been like religiously, spiritually advising her family for a long time. And he got <laughs> into some sort of affair relationship with Latoya. And he apparently had been engaged and had a baby. And that was all broken off because he had a relationship with Latoya. And then Latoya's like, no, that never happened. And then gets him on the phone to FaceTime with everyone? What? It was crazy. I mean, to begin with, the prophet is giving me um, Dr. Love vibes from, okay. uh, it was either season two or season three of Atlanta. Yes. Um, that guy that Sheree was dating, um, what was his name, Tyree or something? He had purported Definitely. himself to be a, a doctor of psychology, I think it was, but it turns out he got his doctorate online, online yeah uh, before that was a, a legitimate thing <laughs> he just printed it off of a computer and he turned out to be the, a fake um and I, i'm getting that same vibe from the prophet is there i mean okay you said you're not as familiar with christianity i certainly am not so like do you know if there are people who are actually considered prophets by christians um i don't think any of them are living <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you okay. know? Yes. Um, that was my as question. Far as, yeah. I don't, I don't think even someone like Dr. Martin Luther King was considered a prophet. You know, right. that feels very Old Testament to me. <laughs> it's very bizarre. And okay. So this is where things get super weird for me and Drew, because I have liked Drew up until this point when mm-hmm. she calls LaToya Delilah referring to Delilah in the Bible and Delilah and right. Delilah. And basically she has this very sort of patriarchal view of everything and how women are these vixens and they're seductresses and they can lure, you know, unsuspecting men into their traps and take them from their wives and their fiancés and their families. It's crazy to me, (laughs) especially if someone's supposed to be a prophet. Shouldn't he be able to ward off women that are trying to seduce him if that's the way that she thinks? I really didn't like her blaming it on LaToya. I don't ever like people blaming the person that was like involved in the affair. The person who is in a relationship is the person to blame. They're the one that broke their vows. Yes, you know? I agree 100%. That was some real biblical slut shaming that Drew was doing. And yes. I, I didn't appreciate it either. Oh, my God. I mean, to go all the way and say she's like Delilah. I mean, Latoya is many things, but I do not think she lured this man, this prophet away from his fiance. Right. I don't think any woman has that power, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Men make choices in those situations. And if this is even true, because Drew might be making it all up to make Latoya look bad, I would not blame Latoya for them being in whatever relationship that they're in. Right? I don't know. I mean, it seems like she could be making it up. It just doesn't feel real. Yeah. That's what I mean by I feel like Drew is doing a lot of acting um, and trying to self-produce also. It feels very made up to me. But okay, then hear me out. If she was trying to self-produce, why would she let it come out on camera that her husband left her for three days and went to Tampa? 
I think that's why she's trying to self-produce to sort of push that out of our minds. Hmm. I don't know how much she's been talking about that lately. Has she been bringing it up, bringing it up at all? Not much. It's almost like she tries. I don't know. It's ever since then and ever since the therapy moment, I feel like we're seeing Ralph in a really positive light. And it's super, Uh super creepy to me. Huh. Well, maybe she's trying to get the heat off of her husband and put it on LaToya. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, but like, how would she know how everyone would take it? I guess I'm assuming she thinks, okay, viewers are going to see this and think my husband's a jerk. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe she feels like they got her there and they're not going to get her again. So she's doing some Vanderpump thing. I see. Wow, you think she's as like sleuthing as LVP? I I think Drew is conniving. Yeah, I think she wow. has that that side to her. Do you think? I mean, I would see Portia's more like that than, and I like Portia, but I feel like she's got more going on behind the scenes than I feel like Drew, who's a novice to this space. Um, but Drew is a longtime fan. Uh, from what I've seen uh, her say on like Watch What Happens Live and everything, so. I think I think Ralph got over on her or that storyline got over on her. And, you know, now she's really since then, she's buckled down and she's trying to, you know, play chess. Reclaim the narrative. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that is the perfect phrase for that. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. All right. Shall we head over to your favorite, The Real Housewives of New Jersey? Yes, I I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into the whole psychic medium, Gina Marie, which was amazing, Mm -hmm. we've got all these like personal storylines. And I'm into some of them, actually. Not as into the Melissa and Joe stuff, but um, I'm always interested in Dolores' storylines. I don't care what it is. Something about her I find watchable and interesting. I do. Um, she says that she hasn't had a mammogram in a few years, despite doing all this advocacy and getting, you know, the word out about (laughs) getting your mammogram. She hasn't done it herself and she actually needs a biopsy. And this was interesting that she wouldn't tell her kids that she only told her boyfriend and, and Frank. And so she says that Italians don't share their feelings. They don't, you know, talk about stress. They just deal with it. And, I don't know, I feel like I know a decent number of Italians, and I feel like they talk about stress. Me <laughs> <Is> too. It, <laughs> is it just the Italians I know? I, I, maybe it's an old school Italian mentality, and we just know a, a bunch of not so old school Italians. Right? Yeah. I feel like I know. I feel like Dolores is a very yeah. old soul, so maybe she's connecting with something older than her years. I feel like I know a decent number of Italians from New Jersey and New York, and all of them mm-hmm. have mothers that are very vocal about the things that they worry about. <laughs> like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, they remind me of Jewish mothers, you know? Mm-hmm. They they say what they're feeling. They say what they think. You always know where you stand. But, you know, this kind of made me sad because I feel like her kids would want to share that burden with her. Certainly, yeah. Any child would, you know. I don't know. I always get mad if my dad tells me something after the fact. Me too. It makes me furious. Oh, my gosh. My dad (laughs) once 
So after my mom died, about a year later, he wa- mm-hmm. he shouldn't have done it. We talked to him a long time um, about not going up on the roof. But he climbed the ladder to get to the roof to get rid of some leaves before snow was coming. And lo and behold, he fell off the ladder. Oh, no. Onto his back. So he's in, he apparently like blacked out for a little bit. I don't know. He then like went about the rest of his day. Okay, in a lot of pain, went to bed the next morning, goes to urgent care. They're like, sir, you need to go to the ER. He goes to the ER. They're like, sir, we need to admit you. You have a broken back and broken ribs. (laughs) Yes, this is not a boo-boo, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And then this, like, surgeon comes in, right, and is like, you know, have you called anyone? And he was like, oh, don't, don't bother my daughter. You know, the Vikings game is on right now. We'll call her in a few hours. Oh, no. He's like, oh, my God. (laughs) we waited till after the vikings game it was insane you know yeah a few days later you know my dad would do (laughs) i fly to minneapolis i like get Mm -hmm. to the hospital i have to drive him home from the hospital because he drove himself there and he's not allowed to drive after this you know (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. so crazy you know so i i get it not you know having a parent that just down but some of it is also downplaying it you know not wanting to acknowledge that something could be wrong right what do you think of dolores's situation i'm glad that she decided to get checked out and have her mammogram Uh, you know you you want anyone to do that you don't want anyone to have something wrong with them and live their life as if they don't because you know we all know how that can end do you think it's weird that she's not having David or Frank go with her for a biopsy? I think that's just Dolores. It could, be, it could also be COVID. They may not Maybe, allow other but, people. Well, you know, I know things are different state by state, but um, in California, or at least the part that I live in, they allow you to take one person with you to appointments like that because um, it can be an emotional situation and you right. need the support. Yeah. So maybe yeah. things were different in Jersey. I don't know, but I mean, that's what, do you, what I know. What do you think of the her Frank and David dynamic? Okay, it's it's a very unpopular opinion, but I am Team David in all of that. Okay, tell me why. I, I think David seems like a real catch and a great guy. I think so um, too. I totally agree. Do? Yeah, I like him. Okay, awesome. Because no one else seems to agree with me. <laughs> I've got a lot of flack for saying that <laughs> to other fans. Um, and, and No, go and, ahead. Oh, um, I know that Dolores is playing it like David won't commit to her, but David seems pretty committed. He's just not, I don't think he's into being on camera. That's it. That's the key, right? Yeah. I think I think so. Yeah, I think that's the unspoken issue is that he doesn't like being on the show. He reluctantly Mm -hmm. agreed to do it for her, but he doesn't want to be a primary storyline. And he leaves when they're filming. And he's it seems like they barely spend time together during filming. And I feel like when they're not filming, they're together a lot more. Yeah, it seems like they have a great relationship off camera, um, but he he doesn't want to be on camera, you know? And I I can't say I blame him. Reality TV is not for everyone. And, you know, I also get 
that what's the what's the rush to get married? What's the I mean, it just mm-hmm. depends. Like if you're not going to have kids, if all of that stuff, you know, I, I don't know. I, I see where he's coming from. He's also like very established in his career and his type right. of work is very time consuming and it's mm-hmm. unusual hours. Right. Yeah. I mean, babies don't wait. Um, health complications don't wait. Right. Um, so he's he's always on call. But I feel like he makes time for her anyway. It's it's just not when there's a camera crew around. Exactly. No, I totally feel you. And I love Dolores. And if she's not happy in the relationship, mm-hmm. then she should get out. But I don't think it means he's a bad person or he doesn't treat her well. Right. Exactly. I don't get all the talk about him mistreating her because I don't believe that he does. I think he just won't play the game that all the other guys play, which is yeah, he's not trying to be a real husband. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you know the David and Bachelor crossover? I don't. Please tell me. (laughs) I've said this on the show before, but this is such a weird crossover. So Zach Clark, who was um, who's with Tasha Adams, right? His sister is the one who got him to be on the show. And she applied for him to be on the show when she was pregnant with twins and had lost one of the twins. Now, her doctor, her specialist, was Mm -hmm. David. I had no idea. Yeah, and he's the one that diagnosed this condition that that was a problem where the the, one of the twins was getting more nutrients than the other, but they Mm -hmm. if both were at risk if one wasn't terminated i see oh wow yeah it was really and she details it in this um she has a blog and she um is starting to kind of process everything that happened because it was a really rough pregnancy obviously Mm -hmm. and you lose one of the babies and you know she writes about it and then in one of her blogs i've been reading it i just thought it was interesting the whole family of zach i find very interesting you know they're so supportive of him and he's an amazing person so i read this blog and she was like and my doctor and then she's like you may recognize him from the real housewives of new jersey he's actually a specialist for you know high-risk pregnancies which is what i had wow the world is so small you know right yeah i guess (laughs) if you live in new jersey (laughs) you have a high-risk pregnancy you know, they, because yeah. it, it wasn't, that wasn't her doctor to begin with. She was referred to him. I see. Okay. I feel like I have heard you mention it before, but it, it just didn't sink in. So right. it's it's like new to me. <laughs> it's like, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. I'm like trying to make The Bachelor and <laughs> Bravo like connect in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's working. <laughs> so the other storylines, um, we've got Jackie, and her, she's f- celebrating Rosh Hashanah with her family. And I posted about this on Instagram this week, but mm-hmm. I was so moved by this. And I'm sure it's like what people thought was sort of filler material, but I've never seen a Jewish housewife openly celebrate a Jewish holiday on the housewives before. We have a lot of Jewish housewives. Many of them, for whatever reason, I'm not going to judge, have Christmas decorations up, take Christmas Mm -hmm. photos with family. I know Kyle grew up Christian, so like with her and Mauricio, but Kyle's Jewish and she raised Jewish kids. Dorit and PK are both Jewish. 
You know, mm-hmm. we never see kind of any sort of ethnic, religious, anything out of most of these housewives. And then we've got Jackie, who's saying she's not very religious, but they had a full traditional, like, Ashkenazi meal for Rosh Hashanah. And it just warmed my soul. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, thank you for doing this and for showing it on camera. Yeah, I thought that was wonderful. Uh, I'm not Jewish, but I, I grew up around all different kinds of people, including, you know, Jewish kids and Jewish families. So I know a little bit about Rosh Hashanah. Um, and yeah, I, I had never seen um, uh, a ceremony like that on the housewives either. Now that you, you mention it and it was really nice. And I feel like Jersey is the franchise, you know, where that should happen because we've seen so many, uh, well, Catholicism used to be a really big part of the franchise. Right. Um, so it's, it's nice to see something different, but something, you know, in the same arena. Right. And it wasn't like, you know, usually if you're religious or whatever on Roshan, you go to synagogue, but then you also like having a meal and this kind of meal with like the special challah that's around and eating the apples Mm -hmm. and honey and having matzo balls, like, which is the thing for almost every holiday, (laughs) matzo Mm -hmm. ball soup, you know, there's always, it was just, I don't know. It just was nice to see it reflected on on camera. Yeah. I feel like we've seen bits and pieces of Judaism in the housewives franchise, but for some reason, it's not always treated with that much reverence or, um, uh, sort of sincerity. Um, it's usually like a flash of something around the holidays and you know, that's it. So yeah, hopefully we'll see more of that in the future. I loved it. I think, and I want to see more of, you know, other people's cultures and stuff and anything that's just not mm-hmm. like what you normally see, right? Like we all know what Christmas looks like and what, you know, yes. that looks like. But what about, I don't know, does Jen Shah do Ramadan? <laughs> like it's Ramadan <laughs> right now and they're filming. But, yeah. Who knows? Right. You know, I, I want to see it. I'm here for it. Yeah, of course. Um, and definitely the Mormon stuff I'm interested in, too. Yeah. And even with Jersey, I don't like Jennifer personally, but it's been really nice getting to see and, you know, become more familiar with her culture and traditions. Now, the revelations this week about her parents were wild. Yeah, that was rough. So, I found myself getting emotional during that. Me, too. To be honest. I... I mean, her mom was 16 when she was married to her dad, who was 26. It was an arranged marriage, and he moved her to the U.S. after. And that right now, you know, as I'm someone who works on global child issues, you know, child Mm -hmm. marriage, especially of girls, of teenage girls, is a huge, huge issue and is one mm-hmm. of the main problems, you know, that, that prevent women from getting a full education or um, that lead to health complications. The earlier you're married and and have kids, mm-hmm. you know, there, there can be problems from that. So, oh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, God bless both of her parents, but I really do feel for Jennifer's mother. Me too. I, I have the entire time they've been talking about this, um, about the issues that they've been having. Really? Um, I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since the beginning of the season, when her mother first started talking about how she felt like the father was so cruel to her, um, it 
it really connected with me because you can tell that she's much younger than her husband. So I assumed that when they got married, she was very young and that she spent all of her life being a mother and a wife. And she hasn't had time to (sighs) grow up and get to know herself, you know? Yeah. And that's going to breed some serious resentment on top of everything that you just mentioned about what can happen to a young woman when she gets married that young. Wow. I just, I felt for her dad. I felt like the mom was maybe yelling more or something because he was Mm -hmm. saying, she's always yelling at me. She's always yelling at me. I wasn't Uh thinking, why is she yelling? I was just like, why yell at someone who, especially who's not yelling back? And then Mm -hmm. Jennifer keeps saying, I don't have memories like what she's saying you know it's just not what i remember of my dad but that doesn't mean it didn't happen that way but as soon as they said that she was married off in an arranged marriage at 16 and i'm not judging the arranged marriage i'm judging the 16 right like that is wrong and it's wrong by all standards even i as a cisgendered man cannot imagine myself marrying someone at 16 years old especially if they're a decade or more older than me that the idea of that horrifies me and she said know? she didn't want to get married right yeah. yeah she told her mother that she didn't want to marry him and her mother pushed her into it anyway so and then she was taken away from her family who knows who else was moved to the us but she moved just with her husband what happened to her mm-hmm. parents, her siblings, you know, her support yeah. network. Oh. Right. I, I feel for her. And I know it's hard to see her yell at this very slight elderly man, but he hasn't always been that man, you know? I know. Um, he wasn't always a, a, a frail, kindly old man. Um, so she may be seeing the man that she was married to all those years when she's screaming at him. And she says it's been 48 years and she's hated it the entire time. <sighs> yeah, I my, my heart goes out to her. I, mean, I don't like her is... daughter, but my heart goes out to her. <laughs> but I mean, as much as you don't like Jennifer, can you see how she's good for the show? I do. Yeah, I think production wise uh, and content wise, Jennifer is great for the show. I just I feel like she's an unnecessarily cruel person. And I, I can't really get with that. Okay. That's fair. She really she really goes for the the jugular when she argues with people and I I think that she takes it further than she really needs to. But do you think she realizes she's doing it? <laughs> well, that is a good question. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know. Some people really do black out and and say the most toxic horrible things because they're angry and they're hurt. So Maybe she can't help it. <laughs> a lot of housewives do, and a lot don't realize how what they're saying is hurtful. Huh. I don't think she gets the dynamics that were going on mm-hmm. with Marge and Marge's boss when Marge was like 20. Oh. I don't think it's computing for her. Uh, well, maybe not. Um, it should, but- right? Because I'm sure Marge talked about it more than like two minutes that we saw on camera. And I'm sure you could understand from Marge's voice how, but maybe, you know, Jen just is like, okay, well, you're an adult and you agreed to do this. He didn't like take advantage of you, like climb on top of you. But I just, I don't know. 
I just don't think Jennifer gets a lot of things. Like, I think she says and does things that are socially inappropriate and doesn't realize mm-hmm. they're socially inappropriate. Well, maybe, but I I feel like she's very lucky if she doesn't understand it because... I, I, she was a she was a young unmarried woman once you know she hasn't always been married to bill they they didn't get married that young so you would think that just from living her own life she would understand where marge was coming from but i don't know what she knows i mean You're i don't right. think it was described to her as hey there was a power imbalance and instead mm-hmm. of you know marge saying oh i felt awkward it was like i felt like i couldn't say no that's what right. Marge did not say out loud. And that's, I think, the only way that some people understand. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. And it's not just, I don't know. I just think in general, then, you know, you've got other times in this episode where Jennifer goes on Instagram Live and is just sharing her family hardships, which aren't really hardships. <laughs> and <laughs> like not, problem. you know, just not having a sensitivity chip that so many people have lost their jobs and mm-hmm. are really not getting by. And you're sitting there and you're like house with 16 bathrooms complaining about not having a housekeeper, you know, mm. <laughs> after New Jersey suffered so many dead and right. so many sick from COVID. And then so many people lost their jobs. Like it was just, she's just not, I don't know. There's like a sensitivity chip that's missing. I kind of almost think of like Ramona. Like you just don't, they just don't get it. Ramona is a whole another kettle <laughs> of fish. <laughs> but I, I, I hope the show is a real like learning curve for Jennifer so that she doesn't continue to live in that ignorance, you know? Yeah. I think her husband is a lot more with it. And yeah, when she's with yeah. him, she seems to be a calmer, kinder version of herself. It's true. Yeah, I, Bill has a, a very calming presence. Uh, she and their children seem to, you know, really behave when he's around. But she does have a very sort of old school mentality about sex and mm-hmm. relationships and like yeah, she's progressive with her brother who's gay, just like it's okay to be gay, but she doesn't really think it's okay for women to enjoy their sexuality or to express themselves. I mean, she, I think her daughter was getting bullied last year because her daughter called another girl a whore at school. Really? Yeah, I think that was what ended up coming out. So not saying that anyone should get bullied, but like those types of words you know, where do you learn them? Where do you learn to call another girl who has, because the girl said, Gabby was like, they all have boyfriends now. And I think she said, you know, said derogatory things to the other young girls. Oh. Which, you know, so it's like, where is that coming from? Like, there's just a lot of stuff like that with Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to get into the psychic and medium Gina Marie. Do you believe in like psychics, mediums? Have you ever been to one? I have and I I do. Yeah, I do believe in it. I I believe some people really are connected to the things that we can't see with our with our eyes. You know, I've never been to anyone that actually was good. I've been to like people Mm -hmm. that suck. And that save. Oh yeah, I've been to plenty of those too. Believe me. (laughs) I want to find someone that's actually good. You know. Mm -hmm. So 
If anyone knows anyone, let me know because I'm <laughs> interested. Okay, so we've got Marge. So Gina Marie mentions Marge's father-in-law by name, Bernie. Says Bernie says thanks uh, for stepping in to raise his grandkids. I don't know as much about Marge's backstory. I'm really excited to read her book. But mm-hmm. what happened to Jan's first wife, and why was Marge raising Jan's kids? Do you? Know? I actually don't know. I I would love to know. I I really want to read her book too. Yeah, I'm definitely getting it this week. Um, so that was really moving. Marge looked very. Um, all of them were just like in tears. Yeah, they were all shaken up by it. I think, which is how you know it's now. real. <laughs> it felt real. Like, how could that woman have known certain things? Like with Jackie, exactly. Jackie was like, "No one knows my grandmother's name. Like, that's not right. on social media. I don't even know where that you would find that. You know." Mm-hmm. So unless she went on like Ancestry.com and like went through everyone, which maybe. Right. But even if she were to do that, she wouldn't know who Jackie was close to. You know, just right. because someone's a relative doesn't mean that you had a relationship with them. Exactly. So That's true. Yeah. Then you've got Realtor Michelle, who we can gloss over because we don't really know much <laughs> about her. So I don't know why. She's kind of should. a flop. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Then we've got this Dolores thing where... You know, the Gina Marie tells her basically that your grandma and grandpa are here and they're watching out for you. But also this guy that you're with that really isn't your soulmate. And you think that Mm -hmm. would be crushing. But she was just like, yeah, okay, maybe he's not. And then she was like, and a dog jumped onto the couch and it's Boo. And she just, Dolores, breaks down. None yeah. of them have ever seen Dolores cry. But like, if anything were to get me to cry, it would be mm-hmm. a dog. Yeah, totally. Um, I I don't have a dog, but I consider myself a dog person. Um, and pets hold a lot of memories and a lot of positive energy for the people who own them and are around them. So I wasn't surprised that that was where she broke down. It made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it was just funny that everyone was like, I can't believe she's crying over the dog and not this relationship. But I feel like she's already rationalized her relationship. And it's like, okay, maybe Mm -hmm. this isn't it, but this is it for right now. Right. Whereas the dog thing is completely emotional. Yeah. You know? And how would you know the dog's name? Right. Like, you would have to do a lot of digging to find that out. You know, because yeah. it, it wasn't like that dog was featured the way that like Bethany's Biggie and Smalls or Cookie was featured or right. um, even Aston. We saw, unfortunately, Aston passed this week. Luann's yes, dog. R.I.P. Aston. <laughs> um, you know, the one that we saw them get as a puppy. Like, I don't know. I just uh, that was what made me really believe. <laughs> yeah. Moment. You're not going to find that on Ancestry.com. Right? (laughs) You've got Melissa's father that came to tell her he's proud of her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jackie's grandmother, Esther. And Jackie was very moved by this, I think. Yeah. Oh, she really was. Yeah. Because it seems Um, like Jackie doesn't have as warm a relationship with her parents. I know... There's like really interesting drama. Like her parents don't live together, but they're married. And then her parents also 
didn't they serve time behind bars for like white collar crime? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, I actually I think her mother was on house arrest and house her father arrest. went to jail, to jail. But they were both at incarcerated i guess yeah yeah and then she's not close to her older sister like it feels like there's not as many like warm feelings around her family as like she yeah. wants them to be but it's just not as it's just different and so then to know that she had this grandmother that she was really close to until a young adult mm-hmm. you know when she passed was nice although that was funny when evan was like well you know i mean 90 percent of jewish grandmothers are named esther <laughs> yeah i cracked up at that too that was really funny it's like okay not maybe not 90 percent, but there's definitely a lot out there yeah what did you think of Teresa's reading (laughs) well we've known that Teresa has a boyfriend for so long that it kind of that part of it didn't come as a shock to me that um you know the the medium was picking up on that um, but it, it was nice to hear again that Teresa's parents are, are still looking out for her. Yeah. You know, that was the one where I was like, eh, I feel like this could be, you just know, from the tabloids, like, you know, when in social media, like when her, that her parents died recently, that maybe she's seen mm-hmm. someone like that. That was the one that I was like, I don't know about this one. Yeah. That was the least deep of the readings. I feel like. And then the most deep was probably Jennifer. Yeah, that was really shocking. Where she picked up on that the parents are kind of separated and how Mm -hmm. she even... Oh, what about Jennifer's great uncle? Like great, great. Yeah, uncle. that's what I mean. That that's what was shocking to me. The the stuff about the great uncle. And how he was a martyr in the Armenian genocide and was made a saint by the mm-hmm. Pope. I mean, what? Right. What? Yeah, he's a legit saint. <laughs> Jennifer comes with the family. Like part of her Truly. reason to be on the show, and the show is a show about family compared to all yes. the other franchises. So her family, mm-hmm. her having like five kids, Bill, her parents, this history of this martyr great uncle. I mean, there's a yeah. lot there. And it's interesting. It's something we haven't seen before. So I'm here for it. But when the when Gina Marie said about her mom, does she perceive herself as an abused woman? I was like, wow. Like, where would you have gotten that? Yeah. Especially considering these are two people who are still alive. So that, that energy is really out there around Jennifer's mother, you know, so much so that, you know, the other realms are picking up on it. That was wild, because that's the one thing that I was like, you couldn't have looked it up in public record. Right. Yeah. You no. Know? Who, Like you said, who would know that? Who would know that? So that felt really, and it felt like it really moved Jennifer and made her be more, you know, sympathetic to her mother's point of view and listen to her mom, even if maybe she didn't perceive it that way. It's not about Jennifer's right. perception. It's about her mom's perception. Yeah. Oh, man. Any other big thoughts about Jersey? That was a powerful episode. They got a lot done in those 44 minutes, you know? know. A lot of feeling. Yes. Yes. A lot of feeling that it's like, I don't know, for lack of, of a better phrase, it's like needy feelings, though. It's not a bunch of whining. It's not a bunch of, you know, sort of playing up to storylines. It's, it's real stuff. 
And it's family dynamics and family stuff. And I think it's stuff that we've all seen before. Like we've all had a parent have to get a tough test, you know, uh, like Dolores Mm -hmm. and the mammogram and the biopsy, you know, seeing Jackie's family. That was something I really related to dealing with Jennifer's parents. Like everyone has unusual dynamics with their parents and their siblings and, you know, all of that. And then everyone misses people who've gone before and want to connect with them in some way. So I yeah. felt like it was a really relatable episode, even though it wasn't so drama filled between all the women. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. fought, but I was definitely lured in. I was too. I was I was captivated. Are you one of the like are you someone who watches the show and wants to see conflict and when you don't see drama you say oh this this episode was boring are you someone who really is interested in diving deep in some of the storylines and a little less interested in the conflict between the women i like a deep dive every once in a while i don't want to watch 14 to 22 episodes of nonstop drama and and conflict you know i think sometimes you need a break from that and this episode of Jersey showed you the right way to do it. <laughs> you definitely. Know? Definitely. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. Can you tell everyone where they can find your podcast, where they can find you on social media, all all that jazz? Sure. You can find my podcast, Odd Black Individual, on all major podcasting platforms. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all of those. And you can find me on social media at Odd Black Individual. Thank you so much. I very Thank much you appreciate for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing <laughs> all your thoughts with me. I feel like we may be the only two people who like David in the entire Bravo universe. So I'm yes, glad team I, David, party of two. <laughs> I was like the only person I think that took his side in the argument about the plastic surgery. I was like, hey, come on, she's having plastic surgery in a pandemic. It's like not necessary. And she lied to him about it. Like, of course, right. he's going to be pissed. Yes. Vulnerability and honesty is a two-way street in a relationship, exactly. you know? Love Dolores, though. Him. I do. I love Dolores. So, But you can mm-hmm. love both. You can. <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> totally possible. Well, have a great rest of your day. And we Thank will you chat so again soon.